In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, uh, moving to the South, not just to Alabama, I lived in the South before, in South Carolina the last two years. Something that was new for me, and I think this is probably present in Christian culture, was, which is also foreign to me as someone who's not raised in the church. But something that was new to me, especially seeing this in the South, were these signs that said, as for me and my house, and what's the end? We will serve the Lord. You'll see these often in like flags like outside of people's houses or hanging from like doors or maybe license plate frames. Have you seen these before? There was even a town, uh, in a, sorry, in a town next to us where we lived in South Carolina, there was a store called As For Me and My House. Um, so, you know, I just that that verse from the Bible before really like two years ago was kind of foreign to me uh, because it wasn't so in my face as it as it seems to be in um, the Bible Belt, really. And um, I was uh, walking down. What is it? 18th Street and Homewood. And there's one of those stores that has kind of kitschy stuff. And one of them. Uh, I just found one online that's like it. There was a sign that said, As for me and my house, we yell, Roll Tide. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, there are others. As, as for me and my house, we will yell, War Eagle. Right? <laughs> uh, and I, th- this is one I found online when I was looking for these. I thought this was funny. This looks like to be on like a fence painted on. It says, In this house, we praise Jesus and yell, Roll Tide. And that's not the same thing, but you get the point. Uh, and because my wife went to Georgia, I had to look this up. As for me and my house, we yell go dogs. <laughs> I couldn't find one for Yale University. <laughs> but I found shirts that say kale, which is kind of a joke, right? I mean, that's the kind of thing that you will see in non-Christian cultures. Um, but as for me and my house, um, we will serve the Lord. And I'm thinking about that passage from Joshua this week, and, and I keep thinking, probably not. Probably not. As for me and my house, we will probably not serve the Lord. Um, that's just the, the, the thing that I keep thinking. You know, it's so difficult. It's impossible, basically. You know, those signs are actually dishonest. Um, we're not constantly serving the Lord, are we? Um, no matter what we think or, or try to be doing, we, we fall short. Um, I once preached a um, uh, at a church when I was in seminary, the rector asked us for the five weeks of Lent to preach each week on the five different questions of the baptismal covenant. And the response to each of those questions is, we will with God's help. Do you remember that? And I said in that sermon on the one of the five that I was preaching on that, that the, the real response should be, probably not. Um, you know, will you, X, Y, Z, probably not. But it's a great thing that number, number two is when you, you know, when you fail, will you repent? You know, you can always go back to number two. That was the point of that sermon. But anyway, you know, that's what I've been thinking about is, as for me and my house, we'll probably not serve the Lord. And um, my friend Sarah recently wrote an article about clergy wives. She herself is a priest, but she's also married to a priest. And he was a priest much longer than she has been. So for most of uh, their marriage, she's been a clergy spouse and not clergy. And she wrote an article about the... um, the first women who were married to priests after the Reformation and relating this to her own life. And there's this gem of a paragraph in the thing that she wrote. And I just want to read that to you, okay? 
Marriage is truly the most sinful... Con- and you have to think this is a Christian household. <laughs> marriage is truly the most sinful kind of relationship you can have. And no, I don't mean sex. I mean the less exciting stuff, like getting in a fight about who folds the laundry or who puts the cranky toddler to bed for the third night in a row. Marriage provides that unique opportunity to wake up in the morning with someone you are, you are already mad at. <laughs> Frankly... It may be the original definition of living in sin. Well, I thought that was funny. Um, And sort of illustrates the idea of, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You could have that sign outside, but yet this is really what's probably going on is something like what Sarah has written there. You know, for a priest, the most sinful morning in the home is Sunday morning. You know, trying to get ready is so stressful. Ask Holly. I mean... um, Often we say some of the worst things to each other, trying to get out of the house to get to church, but I've got to work and, you know, do holy things. Um, but so today's passage is from <clears throat> Joshua. It's the final, pa- the final chapter of Joshua. It's his farewell address. Uh, I spoke a few weeks ago about Moses' farewell address, and now we have Joshua, who's taken Moses' place, also giving a farewell address. And in this short passage from that speech, there's a preoccupation about serving foreign gods versus serving the Lord. The word serve or some other tense of it, whether in relationship to foreign gods or the Lord, is used in this passage 13 stinking times. 13 times the word serve, serve, serve. So it must be important, right? If he's beating you over the head with it. Let me just read some of the passage and see uh, what's happening here and what Joshua says. First, he says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Put away the foreign gods and serve the true God. If you, will, uh, if you be unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then the people answered. And they said a bunch of things. And then finally what they say is, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. And then Joshua's response is interesting. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. Basically, God's law is absolute. We're unable to fully serve God. Israel is unable to fully serve God. He tells them to serve the, serve the Lord. You know, choose your side. You know, are you for the foreign gods or the true Lord? And they say, you know, he's the guy who brought us out of Egypt. Yes, we will serve him. And then he comes back to them. This is frustrating. You know, he's just told them, serve the Lord. And they say, we will. And he says, you can't. You'll you'll fall short. That's basically what that conversation looks like on the face. And what he means is, you know, look at the track record. You keep failing. And and no matter what, um, because God's law is absolute and you cannot um, have false idols, You won't, and he's jealous, and that's a problem. And so the truth is, as for me and my house, we'll serve foreign gods. Uh, We'll break God's law. And the the problem with that is when you serve something 
uh, you're slave to it. At least in the, the New Testament language, I don't know about the Hebrew because I haven't studied it, but with the New Testament language, servant and slave are the same word. And so when you serve something, you're slave to it. Uh, and so I ask you this morning, who or what are you slave to? Who or what is your master? Um, I uh, often went, Holly and I have moved so many times, and I've helped her move, and she's helped me move before we got married, but we've moved for unfortunate reasons. We've had to move even in the same town several times, and it's really frustrating. And the thing that I keep saying every time we move is the more you own, the more the things you own own you. Um, and I just want to toss everything away every time we move. I just want to donate it or, or throw it literally in the garbage. I don't want it anymore. It's so frustrating, especially when you're moving. I come to the place of these things are my masters, you know. They're really, for the most part, kind of foreign gods. And um, Christians, generally speaking, are slave to idols. Um, although we assent to, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the truth is, we are slave to idols. And on the flip side of that, just as Joshua said to Israel, we're slave to God's law. It's absolute and we cannot fulfill it. And yet we, we try to. We try to live up to it. And yet it still accuses us that we are failing. Now, there are two things that I want to end with and share with you here. Uh, and, then, and then I'll wrap things up that speak to all that I've said. One is a hymn that I've recently come across by William Cooper, who was a poet, um, I don't know, two, three hundred years ago in England. Um, and he worked with John Newton, who wrote uh, Amazing Grace, although he didn't write Amazing Grace. He, he, uh, he was a friend of John Newton. They wrote a lot of hymns together. And this is one that Cooper wrote. And this is a man who understood sin. This is a man actually who suffered throughout his life with mental illness. And he understood the, the depths of sin and the inability to live up to God's law and his, um, his uh, having different idols, frankly. And even after writing hymns as great as the one I'll, I'm about to read to you, he still felt like he was doomed to damnation. Um, and so this is a man who really understood the depths of his broken humanity. Uh, this hymn is called Love Constraining to Obedience. And I'm just going to read some of it to you, not all of you, all of it to you. How long beneath the law I lay in bondage and distress. I told the precept to obey, but toiled without success. Then abstained from outward sin was more than I could do. Now I feel its power within. I feel I hate it too. Then all my servile works were done, a righteousness to raise. Now freely chosen in the Son, I freely choose His ways. And then the final verse, which I find so lovely, reads, To see the law by Christ fulfilled, and hear its pardoning voice, and hear His pardoning voice, changes a slave into a child, and duty into choice. And so, although uh, we're slaves to things like idols or even to God's law, that was fulfilled uh, in Jesus Christ for us. And let me just read to you again that final verse. 
To see the law by Christ fulfilled and hear his pardoning voice changes a slave into a child and duty into choice. So not, no longer a slave to these things, but now a child of God. And likewise, one other thing I just want to share with you is from this children's book called Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. It's a devotional called Freed. And you can see there's an image of a, of a white man and an African-American woman there. We were slaves to sin, but Jesus paid the price to buy our freedom. And now we're free. Wait, free to do whatever we like? There's a story from the American Civil War of a northerner who bought a young slave girl at a slave auction. As they left the auction, the man turned to the girl and said, you're free. She turned to him in amazement. You mean I'm free to do whatever I want? Yes, he said. And to say whatever I want to say? Yes, anything. And to be whatever I want to be? Yes. And even go wherever I want to go? Yes, he laughed. You're free to go wherever you'd like. She looked at him intently and replied, Then I will go with you. So let me just end by shedding some light on the good news for you based on all that I've said and these two things that I've read to you. You're no longer a slave. You're a child of God. You may serve God, not because you have to, like Israel had to, uh, not because it's your duty. And by the way, you know, if there's something that someone's doing for you and they say, well, that's my duty, you know, how does that make you feel? You know, if they do something nice for you, well, it's only my duty, you know, um, you, you, you know, you may now serve God, not because you have to or because it's your duty, but because you get to. The law was fulfilled by Christ. He redeemed you. And you may go wherever you'd like. I know that he redeemed me and continues to redeem me um, when I continue to fall. And so I will keep going with him. Amen.